0: Welcome to another Dulos Deliberation. My name is Levi Bimba and today we're going to talk about why the world hates what is good. So the more that you read the news and the more that you consume the content that is being produced in the world, I think the more you have to realize why is the world going quote-unquote insane You hear even unbelievers talk like that. The world seems like it's going crazy. People seem to be out of their minds. Basic common sense principles are now being thrown out. And it's just, it makes no sense to people who can't comprehend why people would be wanting to throw away basic elemental principles of society and of life. And I think we have to keep in mind that because we live in a world that is fallen, that is evil, and that is ruled uh, by the small God devil that we have to remember that his principles and his way of thought is going to be to attack what is good. And he's going to use people in the world and people in the world naturally hate what is good, naturally hate what is right and and righteous and, and holy because we are fallen. We disobeyed God. So therefore we, we are going to hate anything that is ordained by God, anything that is, uh, uh, put forth by God to be a way of living, the, the way of living life truly and and righteously, we are going to hate. The devil is going to hate, and he's going to attack. And I think we see that in five basic areas of uh, of life uh, today, especially number one being being the distinction the, the distinctions between male and female. We read in Genesis 1, 27 to twenty eight. It says, "So God created man in His own image." In the image of God created he, him, male and female, created he, them. And then he says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So here we see in the first chapter of Genesis, God is the one who created man and made the distinctions male and female. And the reason for that distinction was that male and female could create and multiply uh, the earth, replenish the earth, fill the earth with more human beings. And because those distinctions are necessary for human beings to be able to propagate themselves, uh, they must be maintained. And because this is a good that God has ordained and because he saw that it was good, as he says in verse 20, in verse 31, he says, and, saw, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And that very good includes the, dis- the distinctions between male and female. And because those things are good, the world is going to attack them. The world is going to bring confusion, chiefly through transgenderism, and and trying to teach children that there's more than two sexes. There's more. Uh, you don't have to be stuck to the sex that you are assigned at birth, just because you have a specific genitalia doesn't mean that you're a male or doesn't mean you're a female, even though there's clearly biological differences just visually speaking, not to mention the the, the chromosomal, chromosomal and hormonal differences uh, in men and women and the fact that women have uteri, uteri and can give birth and men have uh, reproductive uh, sperm in them that Is used to implant into the egg that is in the woman so that she can give birth as well. So these distinctions that are bringing that God has ordained are going to be attacked because they're good distinctions or they're made by God and they're made for our good. And because we hate what is good, because the devil hates what is good, it's going to be attacked. And we see that in transgenderism. The next one that the next uh, good thing that God ordained and created that is being attacked is marriage. Genesis 2. 24, after God creates Adam and Eve, and there was no spouse, there is no partner found for Adam, and God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he took his rib and made a woman, and this is what Adam, or not even, uh, yeah, Adam said, verse 23, it says that Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. And that's where the quotation of Adam ends. Because if you look in the New Testament, when Jesus is quoting this, it says that he that made them male and female said at the beginning, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. And that is the first marriage. God ordained marriage to be between one man and one woman for life. So when we see the addition of divorce and infidelity, and even nowadays we see the implementation of people wanting to be in a thruple or be uh, in or just have a non-monogamous non-monogamous marriage where we just claim that we're married, but we're still sleeping around with different people, but we're still in love and we still are married. That's not the picture God had. It was always one man, one woman. For life, But because, again, that's a good thing that God has ordained. The world will seek to attack it and to destroy it and to corrupt it because that's what we do. We attack and and destroy and corrupt the things that God has ordained as good because by nature we are evil. And we do that through fornication and even homosexuality. We want to bring homosexual marriage into the picture as if homosexuality and marriage are, are compatible when they're not. It's oxymoronic because marriage is by definition one man and one woman for life there's no other definition of marriage that you can that you can add into there add into add into it and make it marriage it's impossible you can't have a marriage between a man and a man you can't have a marriage between a woman and a woman it's just homosexuality or lesbianism and lust and, and sin and condemned by god but we want to dress it up and make it seem as if it's a good thing when it's, in reality it's it's evil and, and it's corrupt. And we do the same thing with fornication. Oh, you know, we, we claim to, or some people just don't even care about getting married. They just wanna sleep around. That's another corruption of marriage because uh, sexual intercourse is meant to be had in the bounds of marriage. And that's why we are judged. And that's why the Bible says that no fornicator will inherit the kingdom of God, because that is a corruption, that is a sin to engage in that behavior Because it's not in the bounds that God has ordained. The next one, which I think is a very important one, is children are now and have been for decades, especially in this country and around the world, been under attack when they are a blessing from God. And we we know that based on not just Genesis 1, where it says, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. And God said it was very good, but He also says, The psalmist says in Psalm 127, 3 through 5. lo children are inherited of the lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man so are children of the youth happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them and then uh so we see that children are a blessing from the lord they are a reward from the lord they are they are blessings that make the especially men that have multiple children it says that the man is happy if he has a quiver full of children if he has multiple children He's a happy man. Some men are lacking happiness because they don't have multiple children. And we see that children are a blessing from God. They're, they're inherited from God. They're an inheritance, a reward uh, from God. And, we, and they're gifts from God. But we see that we want to destroy children quite literally when, when it comes to uh, slicing and dicing and, and completely eradicating them from their mother's wombs. And even their own mothers are engaged in this behavior on a regular basis and, and knowingly taking their children to the slaughter because they want to live their own life and they don't want children getting in the way of their ultimate fulfillment or pursuing their career or whatever the case may be. We see the attack on children through even sex trafficking where we're using children as just sex objects to be used up and disposed of once we're done with them. And also we see the attack on children when it comes to even Feminism, where it comes to where women are wanting to uh, abandon the home and abandon their children for the workplace to make more money, to act to you know self to reach some kind of self actualization while they abandon their primary duty in the home. And again, that sounds terrible today to say that women's primary duty is to their to the home and to the family. But because we've been living in such an environment of feminism, which is antithetical to the what the Bible says, it sounds harsh and, and even misogynistic to claim that women need to be staying at home and, and, and loving their children loving their husband. but that's exactly what the Bible says that they're supposed to guide the house, be keepers at home, love their husband, submit to him and, and do uh, and honor God by doing that instead of being blasphemers, which is what the Bible says if a woman is not honoring and submitting to her husband, she's blaspheming the word of God. The next good thing that God has ordained, that has become under a huge attack, especially in recent years, is the police. And we see that the the police are an inherent good for society. For any society that God ordains, law and order is a good thing to have. And we see that most clearly in Romans 13, where it says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. So that's God's uh, God's prescription for us who, people who live in a society, citizens who live in a society, to submit ourselves to the higher powers. And that includes the police. And God continues in Romans 13 where it says that, For he... Is a minister. He is the minister of God to thee for good. That may sound kind of strange, but according to the Bible, police are ministers of God for our good. Now, some people hear that and think that that means police never do anything wrong. That's not what I'm saying. The Bible says that the police are ministers of God to thee for good, just like pastors are for our good. That does that mean every pastor is perfect? Obviously not. We've seen multiple failures, unfortunately, within the ministry. But inherently speaking, pastors are inherent. Pastors are in and inherent good police are an inherent good for society so it continues in verse 4 it says but if thou do that which is evil be afraid for he beareth not the sword in vain for he is the minister of God again it repeats that he's is the minister of God a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil so in verse 5 it says wherefore ye must needs be subject not only for wrath but also for conscience sake so the police have come under attack with bills that were passed to defund the police or to radically re to shift away money from police forces to other areas of government. And then you saw the uh, with, with the riots and the, the the takeover of a huge section of uh, Seattle when you saw people spray painting this acronym ACAB or ACAB, meaning all cops are bad. When that's completely an- antithetical to what the Bible says police are an inherent good for society and they are, therefore, are good. Now, does that, again, does that mean that they do everything perfectly? Obviously not. Police are men and women as well who are fallen creatures. They are sinners as well. And they will be held accountable for their sinful actions, whether in this life or the next. But our job, from our perspective, of those who are not in the police, are to submit to them and to support them and to do what we can to make sure our children and, and those within our Families and those within our our circle of influence also submit to the police because God has ordained them to be where they are today. And the fifth one that I want to talk about, and this will be the last one, will be uh, male leadership in marriage and family. First Corinthians eleven three, it says, "But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ." is God. So Paul clearly lays out that the head of every man is Christ. So men are under the headship of Christ. and But Paul says the head of woman is the man. So men, men are supposed to be the leaders in marriage and family and even broader society. And then he ends that verse by saying, and the head of Christ is God. So Paul is not saying that women are lesser because they submit, because Christ is not less than God. You know, got, got Christ and God are equal. Jesus said, my Father and I are one. So just because somebody is submitting to somebody else does not mean that they are lesser in value, lesser in worth, lesser in, in, uh, in uh, addition to uh, the, the success of a society or of a nation or whatever. Because Christ himself submitted himself to God, but he was equal with God. So and I think that's that's the point Paul is making in First Corinthians eleven three and in verse seven through nine he, Paul continues he says for a man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and glory of God but the woman is the glory of the man for the man is not of the woman but the woman of the man neither was the man created for the woman but the woman for the man like we read in Genesis two where God caused Adam to fall asleep and God took a rib out of Adam and he made a woman for or he made a woman for Adam. So that's what, that's the point that Paul is making here. God made a woman for man, and uh, that does not mean man should trample woman or treat her disrespectfully or anything like that. Because there's a, that, that would be also antithetical to the Bible, and that would be another thing that uh, that we get wrong as sinful human beings. But the fact remains that men ought to remain the heads of their families, the heads of uh, of their marriages, and to lead. And with the, with the authority that God has given them. And we see that also in Ephesians five, twenty two to 25 where Paul is writing on marriage again. And he says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own hus- husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in every thing. Husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So there we see again that the male leadership uh, is in the home, especially within the family, and it says, wives, you need to submit yourselves to your husbands. Even as the church submits itself to Christ and everything, the wife should submit herself to the to the to the husband and everything. Now, within that is built the assumption that whatever the husband is saying is That the wife is submitted to ought to be what is good, just like the church only submits to what the church submits to everything Christ says, because everything Christ says is good. So, if something that your husband is saying is not line up with what Christ is saying, then you are not obligated to submit to that. In fact, you're obligated to not submit to that, because ultimately your head is Christ. But in within that within the marriage family, if your husband is is asking you to do something as a wife, you ought to submit if it's within the bounds of what Christ has commanded. And part of those commands are that the woman submits to her husband. And these are good things. These are these are things that are for the blessing of the wife, for the blessing of the husband, for the blessing of the family, for the blessing of society. But we have come so we've been become so conditioned with the fact that women and men are just equals and 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 have equal authority, equal roles and there's nothing that a woman needs to submit to when it comes to her husband that's just not what the Bible says and that's This is part of the perversion and part of the attack on what is good. We've been convinced that this is a terrible thing. We've been convinced that children are bad, that they get in the way of our fulfilling our desires, that police are horrible and we can't trust them and that we don't need them in society, that marriage is a relic of the past and we can just mishmash it and shape it to however we want it to be. And that the distinctions between male and female are are just made up, are just social constructs. And God, you know, doesn't didn't know what he was doing. We know better. We're man. We were created by him and for him. But we know better than God. And we're going to do what we want to do and and confuse the distinctions that God has created. But that's not how it it plays out. And this is why society breaks down, because it cannot function. It can't be successful when the very foundational elements that God has ordained are being attacked and and brought to uh, bring confusion and uh, and and distrust between the men and the women between children and their parents and and between the police and and the citizens it's just it's a society that's, that's made to break down so these we have to remember the world hates what is good they and as and as the world they will continue to attack what is good which is why we we as christians need to uphold biblical standards because they are good standards and they're good not just for Christians but for the world at large. Even if people who are even people who are not saved, they still benefit from marriage, they benefit from having children, they benefit from the distinctions between male and female, and from police and from male leadership, because these are things that God has ordained for the for for how the world ought to operate. And for the world to operate in the best way is for it to operate in accordance with the one who made it. And that is for everybody's good At any stage of life So remember that God is in control And that we Will only be happy when we find Our rest and our submission To his, his rules and his law Thank you for listening today And I'll see you on the next episode of The Loss.